Hey everybody, it's Eric Balance coming to you with the Resilient Minds Podcast, where I feature beautiful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and experts in their field, where they help us discover their X factor, their experience of life, only to discover how they were able to accomplish and find out their why factor, their big why, their purpose in life. So join me as we get to discover the beauty of our minds and how can we really continue to go after the biggest and most wildest dreams while we continue to pursue and manifest our greatest intelligence that comes from the heart. See you on the show. Welcome everybody to the Resilient Minds podcast. I'm pumped today. Like I'm super excited because we got Jen Gottlieb. Am I pronouncing the last name per, per- uh, like good, bad, maybe? It's it's almost there. It's way better than most people. Gottlieb. Gottlieb. Okay. Amazing. Yes. You, did, you did a little cute little accent there. It was like Gottlieb. Uh, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I would have totally been okay with it if you didn't ask. I love it. I'm so grateful. So it's it's so good to have you on the show. For those of you that don't know Jed, which I'm certain most of you do, she's amazing. Like her energy, her presence, her connection is beautiful, but she's a powerhouse entrepreneur an international speaker, host of the I Dare You podcast, and co-founder of Super Connector Media. This is an award-winning training events and online education company, which I'm really excited to know a little bit more about. Because, you know, with like being a, you know, successful host in the past, she's been able to really cultivate this actress persona, really making waves over this expression, let's call it the world stage, by teaching other business owners how to really build profitable brands, how to really connect to themselves, but most importantly, become the recognized experts in their field. And so, Jen, you know, as a sought-out speaker, she's been able to connect with these top thought leaders, whether it's, you know, Gary Vee or Maria Folio, you know, Eric Thomas, Emmett Smith, Snoop Dogg, even Martha Stewart. And your work, it's been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Maxim Boot, Woman's Health, and really a lot of other major uh, publications. So I'm excited to know more. But Super Connector Media has really expanded and it's been very fast growing. It's had this beautiful connection to private companies. And you've been yourself named, you know, one of the top 50 speakers in the world by Real Leaders Magazine. So despite all these accolades, and I know you have, but I think the greatest accolade that you have is the connection that you have with your beloved. I think I really personally admire this. I think this is something so special, so connected. You know, you guys live in this beautiful Manhattan home uh, with Chris and three dogs, which I can hear in the background sometimes. (laughs) You're going to hear them more. They're out of control. They're out of their minds. I think I think the one that's out of their mind is me for having three dogs in Manhattan, but <laughs> so I'm grateful. It, it's it's amazing to connect with you. It's amazing to spend some time with you. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. What an introduction. Thank you. I feel your warmth. I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait for this conversation. Me too. Me too. So, you know, with the Resilient Minds podcast, I'm always talking with people. And like the reason I set out on this journey of really cultivating it and building it because it was really self-education. So I love the fact that, you know, Super Connector has been such a media environment, like especially when it comes to educating, you know, people because, you know, really for most people, they don't know it yet. Some people can pay attention to the lessons, some not, but we're really educating and learning from each other. And so I always ask everybody when we start connecting is, you know, we've gone through this experience of life, right? We've gone through this experience of our our realities and identifying each experience really has cultivated in some way, shape or form our why, our purpose, right? So what is it? You know, like, I know there's always a defining moment, but there's, there's, and I know for us, you know, as we, we get more curious, there's like multiple defining moments, uh, and I'm super curious to know kind of what's the number one step that allowed you to, to say, you know what, I'm going to go on this journey and I'm going to be seen. 
There's been so many. And, uh, and I, I don't like, I wish that I could sit here and be like, there was this one moment where the clouds parted and God came down and told me that this is exactly what you're supposed to do. And then I went on a journey and I did it. Like, I wish I could say that to you. That would be in, in the perfect world, but perfect worlds are boring and they don't exist. So I, I never had that moment. I've had lots and lots and lots of those moments where it was an aha moment where I took a little baby step and maybe that baby step failed miserably, or maybe that baby step worked and led me to something else. And then I messed up and then I failed and then something bad happened and then something great happened. And I learned from that. And then I had another aha moment. And I truly believe that in the Steve Jobs quote, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards, but you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. So every single moment that I've had in my life, whether it be being on a VH1 talk show about heavy metal music for five years or being a Broadway actress touring the country with a Broadway show, playing a rocker chick in the Wedding Singer national tour or starting, scaling and selling a PR agency who would have ever known or being a personal trainer and discovering that I didn't want to talk to anybody about food or fitness ever again in my life. All of these different dots, these crazy weird moments where they either failed or they won or sometimes they were winning and sometimes they were failing. They've all been dots that have connected me to this moment. And I wish I could tell you that there was one. And I think that people fantasize about there being one big burning bush moment where it's like God came down and told me that this is what I need to do. And maybe that's true for some people, but I've had so many of them and they've all led me to here and I'm continuously having them. And I guarantee you, I will have a bunch more and I'm still getting to where I want to be. And so I don't think I have one purpose, nor have I found my purpose. I feel like I'm consistently creating new purposes and exploring new ones and figuring out more and more and more about myself. And that is what's allowing me to be seen. There's this internal uh, nature that's coming like a faucet outside of you. Like it's beautiful because it just pours out of you, right? You know how sometimes you can have these conversations and it's like, uh, uh, you know, and there's this awareness that allows you to just like it, 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 you're you're like a child kind of in a cookie room right where you can grab all the cookies all at once whenever you want like oh and get excited <laughs> about it and so i love this because this is like the true essence of creation this is the true essence of a, a, a person a woman that like knows that she's on her path and it's have you ever like i'm cer certain you've heard uh Mr. Uh, oh, I forget his name right now. I can't believe it. It doesn't matter. Transcendental meditation, how you can really slowly see the future. Ray Dalio, there we go. <laughs> so slowly the future, it's like you become a ninja and you could start paying attention to like the things that are coming because the, the dots that you're talking about that we can connect in the past, you can slowly start to connect them moving forward. And so well, you can't I, connect them looking forwards. I don't know. I can't see the future. I wish I could. But once I get to the moment and I look backwards, it's like, oh, of course, that makes so much sense. And then when, when a challenge comes my way in the future, I know that I'm much more equipped to be able to step into that challenge and be able to face that challenge and be able to sit in the discomfort or be able to sit in the suck or be able to sit in the uncertainty or the not knowing because I have trust that, oh, this, something like this happened before and I was able to move through it and it all made sense. So even though I don't understand why this is here right now, it will connect in the future. And the more that you take action with fear in the passenger seat of the car, the more that you're able to experience that uncertainty or just be able to be in the not knowing or be able to be in the pain or the discomfort, the more you're equipping yourself for the future to be able to experience that again, because you trust and know that something always is going to happen on the other side of that. That is truly a gift that's bringing you closer to who you're supposed to become, but you can't get there and you can't connect the dots unless you move through that discomfort. So I'm constantly on this path of like, okay, how much more courageous can I be? How much more can I sit with fear? How much more can I do things with fear there anyway? The whole book, the first uh, part of the book, part one is called Be Courageous. And it's all about learning how to not get rid of fear, not at all, because I ask like every single successful person I meet, every single one of them, like, I'm like, this is my question for you. Does fear ever go away? Am I ever gonna not feel afraid when I'm growing and I'm building this life and this business? And they all say to me, no. In fact, it gets scarier. You just get a lot better at doing things with fear there anyway. So my goal is to consistently practice 
being able to be friends with fear and to do the damn thing. Because every time I do, I prove to myself that the dots always connect. So that when I'm scared to be seen in a different level or a different version of myself, maybe a month from now, maybe a year from now, maybe 10 years from now, I'm going to have all this proof that I was able to do it. All this proof. But if you take away that opportunity to do it, to be able to sit with fear, sit with discomfort, I feel like people prolong the discomfort. They prolong the fear. They don't want to be in it. They're afraid of it. They're afraid of the uncertainty. They're afraid of the anxiety that comes with it. I get it. It sucks and it's scary. No one wants to sit in the uncomfortableness of being seen for the first time or in the uncomfortableness of not knowing or in the uncomfortableness of maybe being judged or maybe being rejected. No one wants that. So I think the majority of people, the reason they don't reach their full potential is because they delay it and they're not able to sit in it and they don't want to be in the pain. So they're like, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next year. And then they never get there. But the successful people that I study, they practice on a daily basis being okay with that. So they get there a hell of a lot faster because they're not afraid of being in that temporary place where you're uncomfortable, scared, uncertain, or not knowing what's going to happen. Beautiful. This certainty, it shows up by constantly being, like you said, be courageous, right? And so the, the thing that I've always gotten more curious about is as we continue to navigate in these uncertain situations, is it possible, like you just said, to really know that you're walking into every environment and being the certainty because you're willing to be seen? I think I got what you're saying, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with what I think you said. Um, I, am I going to, am I the certainty? No, I, I don't know if there's any certainty in life. Like, I don't, don't even think like that, that word. You as an individual, you don't think you as an individual create the certainty where you walk into environments and because of the way that you're able to cultivate uh, conversation, open up a narrative, help people feel warm, that you create a safe space for others to be seen because you've been able to be certain of who you are? Yeah, I think that that's confidence. I think that, I think you're replacing the word confidence with certainty. And I love that, of course. Yeah, and confidence is built by consistently sticking with those commitments. Confidence is built over time by experiencing the discomfort, getting to the other side and proving to yourself that you can do hard things. And then once you do the thing, you put another coin in the confidence bank. I did it, right? That's what confidence is. So every time I'm able to walk into a room and stand up on a stage and speak, whereas maybe five years ago, it was really petrifying for me. Now, because I've done it so many times and because I go live every morning on Instagram with no makeup on with a bow on my head and answer questions, because I've been able to do all of those reps, I'm now confident enough to walk into any room or turn on any camera and answer questions because I've done it so many times. So yes, I can bring a lot of confidence to the space and my confidence will make other people feel safe because I have a knowing that we are okay. We're going to make it through this moment together. And the more confident I am within myself, the more people in the audience are also going to be trusting in me and confident in the experience that they're in because I showcase confidence. Have you ever been uh, watching maybe a comedian that's like bombing and you feel really bad for them? <laughs> maybe you're in like a comedy club and like you feel bad for them like just because they're not making you feel safe because they're like, oh man, they don't know what they're doing. Oh my God, I'm almost embarrassed. You know what I mean? Like you're, and then you feel uncertain and you feel uncomfortable that a good performer is somebody that is confident enough and has practiced enough and put in the reps enough, the reps, not just in practice in their craft, but practice being seen, practice doing the hard thing, practice being in a room full of people looking at them, which is so scary. It's unbelievable. But knowing that they can go into a room and hold space and be confident because they have proof that they've done it again and again and again, that makes the room as well feel very confident and safe in their presence. But that doesn't just magically come because you just have a gift. Some people do, and some people are able to do that right off the bat. But the real stuff, like the expertise, the real certain, that real confidence comes from doing it again and again and being consistent and rep like repetition, really. And, and that's where confidence is built in the repetition. I love it. And I, and I think that, you know, you say confidence, I say certainty. I think it's both of the same. Like, it's so beautiful because... People, they are, they need certainty to, for some reason, right? Like, you know, when we look at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs or we want to like really grow yeah. confidence, like, like certainty is really this secure com component and it taps in maybe to back into masculine feminine expressions of how can we really be, you know, a powerful man in a, in a feminine nature or a powerful woman in, in, in a masculine age. Like, so this starts to like cultivate, 
I, I believe, I genuinely think that, you know, when we can walk in and, and be confident in our environments, because we're so told, Jen, by the outside world needing to vibrate and tell us how we need to be, you know, I don't know, this is how I, what I was told yeah. growing up. And so instead, by us being able to cultivate this certainty, this confidence, we're able to then express and dance and move and shake and be and say and, and, and communicate from a place of knowing, of inner being. It's, it's not coming from a place of like, hey, I want to be seen. It's actually, no, this is who I am and I love it and I'm going to shine because we deserve to shine and really shine together. Mm, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And it's, and, and, and honestly, it's like, it's not even about me or you, it, it's about the person that's watching. <laughs> so I, the way that I get out of my own head, I think a lot of people get on stage or go to be on camera and they're very nervous and they're very scared. And the reason that they're very nervous or very scared is because they're afraid of what other people will think of them. If they're good enough, if they sound the right way, if they're doing it the right way, like when we were kids, like you just said, like, you have to do it this way. You have to, you should be this way. You should stand this way and speak this way and dress this way and, and act this way. And we're conditioned to think that we need to be a certain way for people to like us and approve of us. And that, that, that is our ego and everybody has one. And so when being seen for the first time, it's very, very scary to allow people to truly see you and risk rejection, risk judgment. So what I do to flip it around whenever I'm feeling that way is I remember that it's not about me. It's not about me. If I am on camera doing a live, answering questions for people with no makeup on, <laughs> I'm doing it for them. I'm answering their questions because when we have a conversation with our friends or a, a client or a customer or somebody that we care about and they're asking for help and we're just pouring into them the way that we would pour into an audience or the way that we would pour into uh, a, an Instagram live or a Facebook live or, or content that you're creating or a book that you're writing, you're just trying to help them. You don't forget the words. You don't get nervous. You don't worry. You're not scared. Like if we were sitting, chatting at lunch and you were like, Jen, like, I really need your help with something. Could you help me? I would never get nervous and forget what to say to you. I would be like, oh my gosh, this is what you need to do. And I would be so Jen. And I would tell you because it's about you. It's not about me. So when you focus on providing value to the other person and you don't make it about you and you are just really focused on the person that needs to hear what you have to say that day, you don't get nervous anymore. And the ego disappears. The ego takes a back seat. And we call this hope at my company, help one person every day. And I always focus on who's that one person. When I was writing my book, I didn't get writer's block and I didn't get nervous writing it. And I didn't not know what to say because I sat there and I envisioned this girl, her name was Kayla, and she was sitting right in front of me. And I was just talking to her and helping her and telling her my stories. And I was telling her into the keyboard, but I was just talking to her. And when you read it, you'll see that it definitely just sounds like I'm talking to somebody. And that's why because it made it easy for me. Because when we're just trying to provide value, we don't forget what to say and we don't get nervous. I love that in this book, Be Seen, what I'm hearing, it's extremely focused on solutions. You know, really, really like focusing on helping people understand that if you choose, you can see solutions everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that in there. Yes. A lot of my stories where I chose to not see solutions and then solutions found me because I was kind of forced to see them at one point in time. But yeah, a hundred percent. There's a lot of really tactical stuff in the book and a lot of solutions, um, but also a lot of, of just my stories of, of why I do what I do now because I messed up. And I think it's unbelievably important to remember that we are all humans living a human. We were living this experience on this planet that is very far from perfect. And it's really, really easy to pick up your phone and scroll social media and think that you were completely alone in your problems because social media is a place where people post all the great things that are happening to them. And that's amazing. No one, I don't hear know anyone that that's like really excited to post online that they got into a huge fight with their partner. But everyone that I know is getting into fights with their partners sometimes, but they're not posting it online. They're posting about the amazing, beautiful vacation they're on. They're posting about the fabulous birthday party they had. They're posting about the great business thing that has just happened to them. They're posting about the great things because they want people to see the great things. It doesn't mean the bad things aren't happening. It doesn't mean they're not failing. It doesn't mean they're not messing up. Believe me, I know some of the biggest influencers in the world and they're posting all the great stuff and bad stuff's happening behind the scenes. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just important for people to remember to scroll cautiously, 
that we are looking at a highlight reel. So if you're going through something or you failed in your business or you messed up or a relationship ended or something not so fun happened in your life and it really got lifey or, or you are just having a really hard time right now, because you're not seeing it does not mean that you are the only one. You are not alone. And I wanted to share all of my shit in this book. And I do every day on Instagram Live as well. Just so that you know that you're not alone, that being seen can be very scary. Building a brand can be very scary. You're going to mess up. You're going to get rejected. Bad things are going to happen. But because of all of those things, you will get stronger. You will grow. You will become more confident. You will have more stories to tell and you will eventually get to where you want to be. The problem comes when you don't allow yourself to fail, where you don't stretch and grow at all and don't even give yourself the opportunity to mess up or to fail so that you stay exactly the same all the time because you're too afraid of that failure. You're too afraid of that rejection. You're too afraid of that judgment. So the whole point of this book, I say to, uh, letters to my reader the whole time, like, let it be messy. Let it be messy. Let it be imperfect. Nobody is perfect. Nobody has a filter following them around. Nobody has face tune on their face all the time and all on their bot. It, it, it is, it is, that is not real. So let your real journey be your real journey because the more that you're going to connect with your audience or the only way you're going to connect with your audience is if you are real and you allow them to see the real you. And that doesn't mean that you need to show videos of you crying hysterically every day. There's also a section in the book that says when not to be seen <laughs> because that's not hot or sexy either. And, and no one wants to see that either. However, it's just about being you and allowing yourself to, to share the real parts of who you are and not feel like everyone has it all together. So I just have to be perfect and I'm not allowed to fail and I'm not allowed to get rejected and I'm not allowed to be judged. When you say uh, this when not to be seen, because I, I really think that that's beautiful. Uh, some people may hear that like, okay, this is my opportunity to kind of like stay, you know, unseen, right? And you know, I think that especially when we get rejected or when there's judgment happening around us and we, even as we grow, right, we start to learn from different leaders, we grow and we model, you know, these different uh, individuals that we look up to. And as we grow kind of behind them and stand on their shoulders, it's interesting because there's people that know us from the past that tend to want to somehow, it's not that they do it, I don't think they do it, and anybody does it intentionally ever, but I do think that people sometimes are trying to, uh, they don't believe that you can achieve what you have set out to, to accomplish, right? And so with this imperfect action that you beautifully kind of described, like just going out there and like stepping through and, and continuing to be open and vulnerable and share with audacity and, and boldness, how has that like really allowed you to just continue to break through each barrier? Because I think that there's a lot of value for anybody that thinks that, hey, there's, you know, like Kevin Hardy always says, there's always another level, you know, yeah. right? So, so like, how has this been a navigation for you as you've continued to grow? How has being seen, rephrase the question, because there's a lot in there. <laughs> no, it's okay. So as you know, when, as you're growing, you know, you're around uh, an, an experience or, or a group of people right? All right. So you want to talk about my, the people around me that doubt me and, and how do I deal with that? Like, how do you deal with the haters? How do you deal with the judgment? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just trying to get, cause you, there were so many oh, beautiful things in there. I'm like, which, which part do you want I me know, to I'm, talk about? Hey, uh, okay. This is good. You're helping me be more concise. This is beautiful. And I appreciate it. <laughs> Okay, good. I want to make sure I give you everything that you need and what you're curious about. And so here's the thing, like we worry about what other people are going to think of us, right? That's normal. It's a normal human condition. Everybody wants to be liked. I want to be liked. You want to be liked. We worry about what our cousin from Wisconsin or wherever thinks about us on the internet. We just do. We, you know, we worry about what our high school friends are going to think if we get online and we talk about what we're doing now. It's this weird concept of, and I, I don't know where it comes from, probably from our ancestry of like being like exiled from the community is like the ultimate form of punishment. And we're very petrified of being judged or not being liked or being hated on the internet or being canceled, which is a huge thing now. And it's definitely something to think about. And I want to honor that for everybody. It's a scary thing to be judged or for people in your life to not like you. 
And here's the thing. Not everybody's going to understand you. You're going to be misunderstood by people, especially when you are putting yourself out there and having an opinion. It's going to happen no matter what. But what I like to remember is that anybody that's taking time to judge me on the internet or to say something mean to me is clearly in a lot of pain because I don't know anybody that's really happy that's getting online and judging people and saying mean things to them. I just don't. They don't have the time to do it. I also don't know successful people that are taking time to say mean things to people on the internet. They don't have the time to do that, nor do they care. So the people that are making mean comments on the internet or judging or, or saying something nasty or talking crap, clearly those people are not very happy people. So I like to extend unbelievable amounts of compassion to that person and just be like, I feel compassion for that person instead of being angry that that person feels a certain way. You can also learn from some of those comments. So I also, and you know, I, I really like to practice self-awareness. I really like to learn from the data. I really like to take action or accountability for all, all of my actions as well. And this is why I do these lives every single day as well to get immediate feedback from people. I like to hear what people want to hear when I'm creating content and building a brand again, it's not for me. So it needs to be what people want to hear. What, what do they want to hear? I don't even know. Like what's going to resonate. People ask me all the time, like, how do you know what to talk about? What are the topics that you, that you talk about in your posts or in your content? Where does that come from? It comes from the questions that people ask me. It comes from where people are leaning in. So when I do these lives and I hear the feedback or I hear the questions or I hear what people are curious about, or I hear what stories people really like, I lean into those and I talk more about those. Or let's say I see a negative comment. All right. I ask myself, is this, this person's probably very sad if, if they're taking time to write something mean on my post. Okay, I'm gonna think about them and send them empathy and compassion. But I'll also actually sit down and maybe this is the actress in me who has been taking criticism since I was five years old from directors and casting directors and all these people telling me, you know, you should do it this way, but it's all helped me improve. So sometimes I will sit and look at it and say, okay, is there something here that I could actually improve on? Is there or not? Is this coming from someone that's in pain, hurt people, hurt people? Or is this coming from actually that's a valid situation? I'm not going to say that anymore. Or I will then explain myself or this is a great opportunity for growth. Uh, I think that self-awareness is so, so, so important as well as understanding and knowing that if you're being seen, you will be judged, you will be rejected. What do you want your relationship with that judgment or rejection to be with that with that whole situation of the fact that you're willing to put yourself out there to help other people. So there's going to be lots of people out there that you help, but for every single person that you help, there might just be a person that does not understand you. What do you want your relationship with that to be? Do you, because you can choose your perspective on it. Do you want your relationship to be, okay, that is what it is. That is what it is. This is part of the gig. Or do you want your relationship to be, oh, I hate this. This is so hard. I don't want to do this. Which one's easier? My therapist asked me that about everything. She says, everything I'm talking about, she's always like, okay, what would you like your relationship with that to be? I'm like, it's a great question. Because yeah. I get to decide what my relationship is with everything that goes down in business and in life and in relationships and in my existence on this planet. I get to decide my perspective on it. I don't get to decide what happens to me or around me a lot of the times. And that sucks. Bad things can happen and that's shitty. And I never want to take that away from anybody. Sometimes it just sucks. And sometimes you have bad feelings and sad feelings and emotions and you need to experience them and feel them because every time you're allowed to see, you allow yourself to sit in them and feel them and prove to yourself that you can, that you can be in that discomfort. You equip yourself more for the next time something bad might happen. And, you, and it makes the good things even better. However, you do get to decide what you want your perspective on things to be. You can choose that every day. And I don't do it perfectly. Definitely not. But when I catch myself and I'm able to say, what do I want my relationship with this to be? What do I want my perspective on this to be? I usually can choose a good perspective. I have to remind myself maybe 20 times a day, but I can choose a better perspective. Contrast. Yeah. And... This is integrity, I think. What I hear, you know, is really like how I'm going to, how, you know, like how, what you said with hope, right? Um, I wrote it down, but it, I lost it here. So how, help one person every day. Yeah. This is integrity. This is the ability to see contrast of the way that you want to cultivate I love this word cultivate, as you can hear, but the, the thing is, is because we, we continue to 
allow this depth of our own self-awareness, self-education come through. And when you, you're speaking like this passion, this, with this contrast of knowing that I'm going to choose what's right for me, but then as a result of what's right for me and, and, and enhancing this relationship with myself, I'm going to be able to enhance the relationship with the environment that I step into. And I think like integrity is such an important, I believe, responsibility that we, we have as creators, as, as influence, as people of like that are wanting to, to step into uh, making things happen. And so what is that when it, when it comes to these values and how super connector and how you and Chris really enhance each other's relationship, what does that integrity kind of look like when you guys are just being together, just like as a family, as, as like, what does that mean? You know, those, these family values that you, you can, like, I can see them, it shines right through. But for anybody that's listening, you know, like, what does this really start to foster in, inside of that, that, that intimacy, that, that knowing? Yeah, it's really huge for us uh, because in our relationship is, is really different from a lot of relationships because we work together and we live together and we do everything together. So we're <laughs> in the same place all the time for the most part. Now we're going into a season where we're going to be apart a lot, but I'll talk about that. Oh, we we're doing business together and that is not always easy. And it definitely wasn't easy in the beginning and it's gotten a lot easier. I always tell people, I'm like, it can be the greatest thing in the world to be in business with your life partner, like the greatest, there's nothing better. I get to do my work with my best friend. We get to talk about what we love to do all the time. Oh my God, there's nothing better than that, right? And it also can be one of the most difficult challenges you will ever have in your life. And it will also be the biggest learning experience in communication you will ever have in your life. Because my husband and I are learning how to communicate with each other every single day. And let me tell you, my friend, do we have it all figured out? Hell to the no. Okay. Do we have a perfect relationship? Hell to the no. Will I ever be a relationship expert? No. <laughs> um, I love my husband so much. And one thing that we know are a few things that we have so much integrity in our relationship. And these few things are unbelievably important to us. And as long as we have these things, we're good. We could be fighting about the dogs, about everything that's going on in the business, about all the things, but no matter what, I'm his number one teammate and he's my number one teammate. No, like he was speaking this weekend in Arizona and you better believe I am his cheerleader, his number one fan, cheering him on insane amounts, right? Whatever he's doing, I am, he doesn't have a fan bigger than me. There's no fan <laughs> bigger. I'm sharing about him. I'm telling everybody how great he is. If anybody ever asked me about my husband, I am, I am the president of the Chris Winfield fan club <laughs> and he is the president of the Jen Gottlieb fan club. Whenever Woo! I go to do something, he is my number one fan. And that I know for sure. Do I know for sure that he's not going to get mad at me because the house isn't perfectly clean when he comes home? No, I don't know. He might get mad at me for that. Uh, you know, but do I know that my husband is going to be cheering me on, posting about me, sending me a zillion texts, um, making sure that I have the best opportunities if I'm speaking somewhere and like making sure everybody in the room knows like that, that I'm coming and I'm going to be great and that he's, he's there rooting me on. I know that for sure. And he knows that about me. And that goes for business. And that also goes for life. So as long as we have that, we're our number one fans. I think that we're good. Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't have to do this alone. And when I was manifesting my, my love, when I was looking for him and telling the universe he was coming and talking to this imaginary person before he existed, some of the things <laughs> that I would tell him was, I can't wait to be your ride or die. and I will always be your number one. And I used to say to God, I would be like, I just don't want to be alone in this life anymore. I want a partner in this life. Like I want like a number one fan. Like I want someone to do this with. And that's exactly what we created here. Yeah. So beautiful. It's, 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 it's really profound because you know, I, I catch myself having these self-conversations with myself saying, hey, like I'm ready to manifest and have these 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 like self like it's, it's just beautiful because like it's always interesting right 
you're in this place where you're ready and you start manifesting people that are like doing exactly what you kind of like see, you know, the relationships that you really want to have. And it's, it's, it's magic because the universe is really showing you that it's coming. It's, it's slowly showing up. It's, it's going to happen in some, some way, shape or form. So how have you, were, what were the things that kind of, for anybody that's, that's listening and, and wanting to maybe, uh, create the same type of relationship or wanting to uh, build a better relationship with their current partner. What are some of the tips that you would suggest to anybody that maybe is going through a difficult time with the, with the relationship, just being alone or maybe with their current partner so that they can kind of just continue to be the, the number one fan for each other or themselves? It, it's exactly what you just said yourself. Um, like I said, I'm not a relationship expert, so I'm not going to pretend to be or tell you what to do. For I disagree. I think you are because we're all relationship experts when we can express ourselves with power, with communication and have a successful relationship. Okay, there we go. I'll take your word for it then. You've just anointed me. Okay, so what I did, and I'll, I'll speak from personal experience and what I continue to do to be the best wife that I can be is not about Chris and it's not about being a wife. It's about being the best gen that I could be. And as long as I am taking care of myself, and this, this was when I was single, I started to fall madly in love with being single. And I did not meet my husband until I was completely and totally okay. Maybe not a hundred percent because I don't believe in hundred percent, maybe like 98%, 97%, some days, 80%, but like on the higher end of the percentage, really happy with being with myself, really learning about who I was, what I loved and what I loved about me and being cool with like, I love weekends alone. I love being alone because I like being me and I don't need anybody to fill any gaps. I want it. I desire it. It would be nice and it would be an awesome bonus. And man, that person's really, really lucky to get to be in my world because I have so much love to give. But right now I'm giving all that love to myself. And I continually give a lot of that love to myself. And I think that him becoming the best version of himself and me becoming the best version of myself separately and us having the things that we love to do separately and really enriching our own lives separately is what makes us the best people that we can be to create the best relationship that we can create. Because the second that one person is desperate and needs somebody to fill a hole for them like all the time is when it stops working. Doesn't mean that someone's not gonna be in a place where they really need their partner. That happens, oh my gosh. Um, and sometimes I'm just, and that's what relationships are for, right? Those moments where it's like, I need my partner right now. Like I'm not okay. And that's a beautiful part about being in a relationship. However, if he wasn't practicing all that self-love and self-growth and personal growth, he wouldn't be able to be there for me in that moment. So we're all just kind of like in the Olympics of self-love and self-care to be able to make the relationship the greatest that it can be. So it's like, when I need him, he's got me. When he needs me, I got him. Like we got this. And we're not dependent on each other in order to be the fullest versions of ourselves. We're good. We're just together because we like it <laughs> and we have fun, not because it's like we need to, to survive. Going to a place where you're able to give from a hundred percent, right. Then, then trying to fill the gaps, right. This is something beautiful because then together as a team, you know, that's why you get to create so much more. Mm -hmm. yeah for sure then so, so how has that allowed you to expand in terms of business and being seen and developing the book uh you know having that conviction in what you guys are you know moving forward together now as a family as a team yeah it's been an interesting evolution um because we started off as, well, it started that it was Chris's company and he did these events and we met and we decided to become partners and grow it into something bigger. So I was the girl coming in to something that was already built and that was really difficult. And it was really difficult for us to communicate in that way. It was really difficult for me and my self-worth coming in, not, know, you know, not being uh, the face, am I, is it the two of us? And then we went through this phase where it was like the two of us are the face, Chris and Jen, it's the Chris and Jen show. And now we're in a phase where we do, a, um, the majority of our business is together, our mastermind and our events, we build them together, we teach them together, we do that together. However, we've really built ourselves up 
to the point where now we're in a space where I can be his biggest fan supporting him with everything he's doing. He's going off and speaking and teaching about artificial intelligence and freaking crushing it. And then I'm going off and doing my thing as well and, and, and speaking internationally and writing the book and, and he can be my number one fan and support me there. So we've really, I truly believe that we evolve as couples and we evolve as people and it will continue to evolve into different versions of what this relationship and business relationship is. But right now it's really cool. Like I don't, I don't take for granted for a single second, one thing about Chris, and I think this might be really important for everyone out there to hear, not just the men, but Chris was the face of his company. And I came in and he, he says this, so I'm not even saying words that he doesn't say. He says this all the time. He's like, Jen came in and I noticed that she was a better, she was better in front of the on stage than I was. So this man took his ego and put it aside. And this is not easy for people to do and step back and really lifted me up and put me in front and put me on the stage and is still doing that to this day and giving me all these opportunities and saying, no, I don't want it. You do it. You do it. You do it. That like makes me want to cry. Like, I don't see that a lot. I don't see that. He is my number one supporter. Like, it's so cheesy. It's like the song, like the wind beneath my wings. He literally is my greatest mentor and the person that pushes me past my limits. And sometimes it pisses me off. I'm like, Chris, I don't want to do that. But he's like, you got to do that. There's so many things that he's pushed me to do and given me the strength to do, even though I was afraid. And then also like texts he's made, introductions he's made, things that he said, I'm not doing that. Jen needs to do it. And really lifted me up. And that is so massive. This like, is, this especially is, for some, yeah, go ahead. I mean, this is for, this is, this is a, like a real king, you know, this is somebody yeah. that really a sovereign, like this is somebody that will take care of his, his beloved, his queen, and then like really help build up because I believe, you know, a, a healed man really can connect deeply with himself that he doesn't need to uh, prove anything anymore. Uh, that really, actually he wants the people around him to shine and yeah. uh, this is a really special gift and, and I can tell you that uh, you know four years ago when I was dating somebody that was also very she had a very successful business in uh, Australia I didn't know how to do that and it was I was very wounded in that expression and I couldn't like I was my ego was battling against this right and so I ended up it ended up really coming in between our relationship and the way, but like I, I was unable to, I needed to heal that part of me. And yeah. I think there's a lot of wisdom that cultivates, it, you know, it's been a long time since, and I'm grateful for that lesson, but yeah. this is something that I think, you know, so many men, we try to oftentimes prove ourselves when really it's like, just express yourself with kindness, with grace, allow the, the beauty of, of your beloved to like really shine. And that's how you get to nurture a family, a community, a, a Nate, whatever, right? Like that's how we rise together. And I think that this is more men when they're able to heal in this capacity, it really starts to also nurture the women around them as well. Yeah, for sure. It has for me. It's beautiful to observe because I think that, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> we've been, I don't know how old you are, but I think we're around the same age. So 37. Yeah. So I'm 36. So very similar. So there you go. So we've been born into this era where like, we've been told by the outside world, what it meant to be successful, to be like, right, to do what, and we needed to, like, I personally, and, and I think it, like, from what I hear, it's very similar to you. Like we went inside to figure that shit out. You know what I mean? Like we went through, we, we pushed ourselves through some deep shit to get really to where we are today to understand how to, how to really understand kind of our surrounding areas. And so, in today's day and age with all this AI and all this tech and all this like stuff coming at us, you know, how important is it? Would you say, because you have a great relation, like I know you say you're not a relationship expert, but Jen, I'm telling you the relationship that you have with yourself is like, there's 95% of people out there that don't have this relationship, right? So, and you know this, 
So how important is it to really understand this or for people to, to really like identify with this so that they have the courage to go out there and fucking be seen? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really about finding out who you really are before all the conditioning happens. And I think about little Jen all the time, like little Jenny, like five-year-old Jenny. I, I talk about her in the book all the time. I actually, I call her real Jen. And I had, when I had my breakdown to breakthrough moment, I'd lost myself completely. I was on like a TV show about heavy metal music and I was like living this lie and I was being portrayed and being seen as this person that was not me. And I lost everything and I had to figure out who the hell I was. And I spent a lot of time with little Jenny, like asking her, who, who are you? Because when I was a little girl, when I was like five or six, all I wanted to do was sing and dance in front of my dad's video camera. I had like, I didn't brush my hair. I had a, like my, I let my big belly hang out. I would like sing and dance and roll all around and get on every table and want everybody to see me. And I would wear all kinds of costumes out to the grocery store. And I wanted to play photo shoot every day. And I wanted to dress like crazy. And, and I didn't care. I didn't care. I really didn't care what anybody thought. And then all of a sudden, at some point in time, I know exactly when it was. I talk about it in the book. It was around middle school time when I realized that I needed to fit in and be somebody that I wasn't for other people to write, to like me and to feel included. And so I dimmed that light and I forgot about who she was and I threw her out the door and I was like, how can I put on this costume and this mask to be like everybody else so I can fit in? And the more that we do that, the further away we get from our real identity and our real authentic self. And I, but our authentic self, our little Jen, like they're always there. And so you always know that they're there. So when you're doing something that's out of alignment, you know it. And I, I got in like this really big internal battle with myself. And I was just like, this isn't you. But then I would like forget it. And I would go on set and I would do the show. And then I'd be like, and I'd be in this relationship. Like, this is not your guy. This is not you. But I'd be like, just forget it. It's fine. Everyone wants me to be with this person. I'll just be with this person, right? And you make all these negotiations for what the outside world wants from you. So you can feel like you're accepted and you fit in. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to that little kid. You're, you're just, you're telling that little kid, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. Could you imagine looking at a little six-year-old kid and saying, you are not good enough. Be somebody else. So I had to do a lot of work. Uh, I, I have an exercise in chapter one about get, get, finding that real person, finding that real you. And it's, it's called setting the scene. And I actually learned it when I was an actor, learning method acting and using your senses to be able to bring forth emotions from your past so, so that you could get into a character in the present moment. But I found that when I could actually use my senses to bring back moments from when I was the most in the pocket as like real Jen, like little Jenny flipping around in front of my dad, like, look at me and, and, and listen to songs from that day or smell scents or look at photos or look at videos and walk around and do what I like to call a wonder walk, listening to Little Mermaid or Annie or the Wizard of Oz and just think about her and practice being with her, slowly but surely, I would start to actually make decisions from the point of view of her. Or I'd think about her when I was showing up. Or I would think about talking to her, like when I was saying mean things to myself. Like if I would be nasty to myself, you are not good enough. Would I say that to that little girl that's singing Little Mermaid at the top of her lungs? No, I would say, I love you. You're amazing. You are perfect. Go sing that song. Go be seen, you fabulous little person. So I think we all need to just start remembering that because we all were that little person. And it's really, really hard to hate ourselves or hate that little person, hate ourselves when we think about that, that six-year-old that we still are very much so. And where is that person hiding, you know? Your gift, honestly, uh, so grateful for you. Tell us about where we can find more of the book. How can we get a copy? What, where, where, where is it going to be? Tell us more about everything so that you know anybody that's listening can can go out there and make sure they go read BC. Yes. So, bcbook.com. It you can get the book anywhere. Every single store that sells a book probably sells my book. Go to bcbook.com to make it easy. All the stores are there. Click. If you are on 
live right now and this is before the book comes out, you can pre-order it. You can pre-order it right now. You can go get it right now. Go to bcnbook.com. There's bonuses for you. And if you order it on October 31st, there's bonuses for you too. So go grab it, enjoy it, be seen, post about it, share with me on Instagram. I'll respond. Yes. And take a picture and tag, tag Jen. Make sure that you're really connecting deeply with this book because it's coming from her heart. So last question before we go, Jen. If you had three days left to live, what would you do? Mm. I'd probably do what I'm doing now. (laughs) I love it. Yes. Amazing. (laughs) You're like one out of every hundred people say that. So it's amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this get this day is a beautiful gift and I have a wonderful life and a wonderful family. I'm very, very, very blessed and very grateful. I don't take that for granted for a second. And so I, I wouldn't change a thing. Amazing. Jen, it was a pleasure. Honestly, a pleasure. Uh, I'm very grateful. Is there any last things that you want to share before we go? No, this was awesome. So much fun. Such a fulfilling conversation. I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Hey, everyone, and thank you so much for listening to The Resilient Minds. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please make sure to go comment and like and follow us on iTunes or Spotify. And make sure, please make sure that if you really love this, to share this episode and make sure that you're inviting all your friends to like it as we continue to unfold what the beauty of our minds does. More importantly, how powerful our heart level of intelligence can be when we combine our heart and our brain together. And more importantly, make sure you take the time to take a look at what we're doing at Balanced Media Ventures and how we can actually really support you in doubling your impact, your income, and your influence and how you can bring your life's greatest vision into your purpose and create it from that level of reality. Talk to you soon.